Yes, it is I, your humble host, Bill Hatch, the third, coming to you live from the Palatial Home Studios of Bald Spots Productions here in the beautiful city of Santa Ana, California. Joining me in studio, as per usual, is my friend, my brother in Christ, the disembodied voice of Rudy. Hi, everybody. I love you all. Waka, waka, waka with the Lord. And currently on vacation are my parents, our beloved producer Eileen Hatch and my dear father Bill Hatch, Chaplain Bill Hatch. They are in the same uh, time zone, but uh, the Wi-Fi is apparently not letting them connect. So uh, we will be doing this sans parentals. So uh, <laughs> um, I guess that will happen from time to time as they are out enjoying the retirement life. But uh, so we got quite a bit to go through uh, this evening um, as we are. Uh, this is uh, anything. Uh, this is uh, YWL online. Anything can happen. No, totally approachable Bible study for all. <laughs> Trying to get used to saying the name of the show uh, up front. Yes, sir. We're doing Psalms, right? We're doing Psalms. Yes, sir. We so, are. Okay. If people imagine this. God said, David is after my, a man after my own heart. God said, Abraham walked with, God was uh, friends with Abraham. Uh -huh. Enoch walked with God. Yep. Any others uh, that, that they say walk with God? Are... All sorts of them. And, but you know what's beautiful? Imagine walking with God and I'm walking down the street and 10 Romans want to beat me up. And I'll say, God, I need you. So it's funny because <laughs> imagine, but then too, you got to be a better, stronger person. I think you got to be a higher. Uh, well, they already had the the faith that what God did. There. That's why God walked with these guys. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, God walked with me. Hey, Rudy, why are you doing that? Oh, sorry, God, because he wouldn't walk with me because I'm a bad, uh, bad, uh, not bad person, but you know we're not as good as these guys that they walk with God. So imagine that you can walk with God and just talk with God. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's all I wanted to say because that's a beautiful thing. Imagine if God said Rudy's my best pal. That would be beautiful. It would be beautiful. I love you all. Waka 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 with the Lord. <laughs> okay, I was going to ask you if you had some, uh, let's see, if you had a minute for us, but. Uh, that was my minute. That was your minute? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> kind of jumped the gun there. Oops. Didn't wait for me to, to invite you. I was too excited. I have to let too everybody excited. know. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> so uh so yeah um so it's going to be the two of us tonight and uh we're as rudy said we're going to be going through the psalms we're starting with psalm 59 and uh and we'll go from there and see how far we can get so i uh, hope i've got uh, quite a bit of material here i've added another uh, translation to the bible which added some uh, some information uh, in it and uh i thought uh, would be useful and so uh, let's uh, let's get rolling. Okay, starting with Psalm 59. Uh, the Amplified calls it prayer for rescue from enemies to the chief musician set to the tune of do not destroy. Uh, so also in Psalms 57 and 58, uh, that same tune. Um, it is a nictum of David, a record of memorable thoughts. And when Saul, it was written when Saul sent men to watch his house to kill him. Uh, that's what the Amplified says. Um, the English Standard Version calls it, Deliver me from my enemies. Pardon me. Uh, 
it's uh, written to the choir master according to Do Not Destroy, a victim of David, when Saul sent men to watch his house to kill him. Young's literal translation says, To the overseer, destroy not by David a secret treasure. In Saul's sending, and they watched the house to put him to death. I think I forgot to write some part of that down. Oh, well. Uh, let's see, the NIV uh, also doesn't give a title, just says for uh, the director of music to the tune of Do Not Destroy, of David, a mictum when Saul had sent men to watch David's house to kill him. Um, let's see, and the new one, uh, the Berean Standard Bible, calls it uh, Deliver Me From My Enemies. It's for the choir master to the tune of Do Not Destroy, a mictum of David, when Saul sent men to watch David's house to kill him. It also uh, uh, says that this happened in 1 Samuel 19, uh, verses 1 through 24. Uh, so you can look that up and, uh, and find it uh, yourself, which would be pretty cool. Uh, let's see. MacArthur's overview, uh, let's see, says, uh, calls it another lament. It was written during David's reign, but recalls a time when Saul was trying to kill David. Uh, let's see, he specifies 1 Samuel 19.11, when Saul's daughter, David's wife, helped David escape through a window in the middle of the night. Uh, let's see, go to the actual, oops, I forgot to turn the page here, 61. Psalm 61, hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. Uh, the pulpit commentary uh, says on verse 1, uh, David says, Deliver me from mine enemies, O God, a lot. Uh, see Psalms 7, 17, 22, 25, 31, 35, 40, 43, 69, 70, 109, and more. But wait, there's more. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm not going to go through the full list, but... Uh, um, Obviously, uh, getting delivered from his enemies was a big deal for David. Um, he had a lot of people out to get him, including uh, including one of his sons. And uh, um, yeah, it was a it was a big deal to uh, to David to rely on God, and that's why, as Ruby said, uh, David was a man after God's own heart, uh, in that he uh, um, he was always going to God for uh, you know, for help. Um, let's see, verse 2, from the end of the earth I call to you when my heart is over... Wait a minute, this is 61. Can Hold I say on. something real fast? Yeah, I went to the wrong song. You know what's beautiful is that David, even though he did bad, he killed and did things, mm -hmm. he went to God sincerely with a crying heart and sincere to God, and that's why he was forgiven, right? Right. But see, that's why sometimes I talk to people that are, let's say gang members that I have uh -huh. known. They don't want to go to God because they said I've done bad things in my life. Right. Then I tell them, hey, uh, King David, you got Saul, I mean mm -hmm. Paul. Saul, you got, Paul. Yeah, you got uh, Moses. Moses. Yeah. And they killed, but they still got forgiven. Even though it said thou shalt not kill, you shouldn't kill. Right. But what it is is they killed and they went to God with a sincere heart mm -hmm. and God forgave them. That's why be sincere with God. Right. And you know what's good, Bill? Hmm. Every time you say something, they can look it up in the Bible, right? Yep. Thank you. Back to you. Okay. Uh, okay. The actual verse 1 to 59 
Uh, 50, Psalm 59, verse 1 is, Deliver me from my enemies, O my God. Set me securely on an inaccessible high place away from those who rise up against me. Um, let's see. Okay, and then verse 2, and that was the, uh, the deliver me from my enemies, O God, uh, that he says it a lot. Um, let's see. Uh, verse 2, deliver me from those who practice wrongdoing and save me from bloodthirsty men. Um Let's see, the pulpit committee, pulpit committee, the pulpit commentary again. Uh, foreign enemies are never reproached with being bloody men since war is in their trade, and it is their business to wound and slay. Um, so uh, he's talking about some bloodthirsty men are the people of his own country. So we're talking about other Israelites, other uh, other people from uh, from. From God's nation, from Judah, probably. Um, and uh, let's see, then uh, three. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, you can tell when, a, um, let's see, three, look, they lie in wait for my life. Fierce and powerful men are uniting together to launch an attack against me, not for my wrongdoing, nor for any sin of mine, O Lord. Uh, you can, uh, according to the pulpit commentary, you can always tell when uh, David's when it's an early Psalm of David's, because he is constantly talking about his innocence, um, his uh, complete innocence. Um, in verse four, let's see. Uh, some translations say "awake" and others "stir up." Um, the uh, the amplified that I'm using uh, says stir yourself to meet and help me, and see what they are doing. Um, I like stir better than awake because awake implies that God sleeps and He doesn't. Um, let's see, going on to verse six. Um, let's see. Oh, okay. They return in the evening. They howl and snarl like dogs. These are uh, are half-starved wild dogs of eastern towns. Um, so they're, the, the word is very specific about what kind of uh, dogs it is. Kind of like uh, it made me think of, uh, of uh, Jesus and the Syrophoenician woman um, where, uh, where, Jesus said, uh, where Jesus says that not to feed the dogs before, uh, before the children. And uh, the woman says, uh, re replies uh, that uh, um, uh, the crumbs from the table, the crumbs from the table, uh, right? That the that the dog will even eat uh, crumbs from a table, and they're using different words for dog, even though in our English translations it's only dog. Um, and uh, so we need to we need to be careful of that um, in the when reading the Bible to understand when one word might be used for different things and uh um and uh to to in order to for us to understand what it is that's being spoken of um not all dogs howl and snarl so i know mine don't howl and snarl um let's see moving along uh verse eight uh, but you O lord will laugh at them in scorn you scoff at and deride all the nations um, let's see, MacArthur in his study Bible says, all those nations and my people in verse 11, uh, oh, in verse 11, oh, okay, 
my people are in verse 11, imply that this psalm was written while David was king. Okay, so uh, um, so even though this is about an earlier time in his life, uh, possibly, um, it could be early in his uh, in his kingship as well. Um, let's see, verse 11, to continue on with verse 11, in uh, Elitot's uh, commentary, um, let's see, let's see, first off, 11, do not kill them or my people will forget. Scatter them and make them wander endlessly back and forth by your power and bring them down, O Lord, our shield. Uh, Elitot says, scatter them and make them wander. The word was used with Cain and the Israelites and the Israelites during their 40 years of wandering in the desert. Um, so, uh, um, so yeah, so it's the same, uh, the same word, scatter them. It's, it's like God making Cain leave, uh, um, leave the area where the rest of the, where the rest of, uh, the first family were and, uh, um, and also, uh, making the Israelites, uh, wander during the 40 years of wandering in the desert. Um, let's see, thir verse 13 uh, has the, the Selah in it, uh, my favorite. Um, destroy them in wrath, destroy them so that they may be no more. Let them know that God rules over Jacob, that's Israel, to the ends of the earth, Selah. And of course that means to take a moment and silently contemplate what's being said. Um, we're going to run into a few of those this evening, and uh, so uh, so we need to uh, need to think about what it means for uh, for God to rule um, both uh, both Israel and uh, the rest of us, since we are uh, the um, the spiritual offspring of uh, the spiritual descendants of Abraham, um, and thus are uh, part of the covenant. And uh, then uh, in fourteen. Um, you can see that uh, verse 14, they return at evening, they howl and snarl like dogs and go prowling around the city. Um, it's a reprise of verse 6. So uh, um, we can see how, uh, how David gets things to go around in circles and, uh, um, and ties them all together nice and neatly. Um, let's see, and that's all I have written down for 59, and now we can go on to 60. Um, let's see, okay, 60, 60's got quite a title. <laughs> um, let's see, the Amplified calls it lament over defeat in battle and prayer for help. Uh, it's to the written to the chief musician, set to the tune of the lilies of the lily of the testimony. It's a mictum of David, intended to record memorable thoughts and to teach. When he struggled with the Arameans of Mesopotamia and the Arameans of Zobah, and when Joab returned and struck twelve thousand Edomites in the Valley of Salt, uh, the English Standard uh, says he will uh, call, uh, titles it. He will tread down our foes. It's written to the choir master, according to to Shushan Eduf, a mictum of David. For instruction when he strove with Aram Naharen and Aram Zobah, and when Joab on his return struck down 12,000 of Edom 
in the Valley of Salt. Um, so you can see the slight differences, um, but possibly important, uh, good for our understanding. Young's literal is written to the overseer concerning the lily of testimony, a secret treasure of David to teach in his striving with Aram Maharem and Aram Zobah and Joab turneth back and, sub, and smiteth Edom in the Valley of Salt, 12,000. So now we've got a number uh, to go along with, uh, with it. Uh, the NIV uh, uh, doesn't have a title for it either, uh, but it's written for the director of music to the tune of the Lily of the Covenant, a mixum of David for teaching when he fought Aram Neharaim and Aram Zobam, and when Joab returned and struck down 12,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. Um, and then the uh, Berean st standard uh, says victory, calls it victory with God. And gives uh, 2 Samuel 8, 1 through 14, 1 Chronicles 18, 1 to 3, and Psalm 108, 1 to 13 uh, as uh, biblical as references. Uh, it's written for the choir master in the tune of Lily of the Covenants. And the actual open what I've got the writing. Uh, let's see, a mictum of David for instruction. When he fought Aram Neharaim and Aram Zobah, and Joab returned and struck down 12,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. Um, and, uh, um, and according to the Berean sta uh, standard, Aram Neharaim means Aram of the two rivers, likely the region between the Euphrates and Bala rivers in northwestern Mesopotamia. Uh, and Zobah is the land of north. Uh, the land northeast of Damascus. So, uh, so one's north to the northwest and one's to the northeast. Um, see, MacArthur's overview uh, says it's a national lament after defeat in 2 Samuel 8.13 and 1 Chronicles 18.12. David and the main part of the army uh, fighting in the north, um, when they were up there fighting in the north, uh, Edom attacked to the south of Judah, and uh, but David ultimately prevailed. Um, let's see, and verses five to twelve are more or less repeated in Psalm one hundred eight six through thirteen. Um, so, uh, so again, David's using the same thing over and again when he comes up with a great way to say something. I guess uh, it's a great way to say something. He's going to say it again. Um, but uh, so we're so will others. Um, and uh, let's see. Um, okay, moving on uh, to the uh, to the text, uh, ver uh, Psalm sixty, verse one. O God, you have rejected us and cast us off. You have broken down our defenses and scattered us. You have been angry. O restore us and turn again to us. Uh, let's see. According to Ellicott, uh, scattered us is literally broken us. A word used of a wall or fence, but in 2 Samuel 5.20 applied to the rout of an army, an event which gave its name to the locality Plain of Breaches. Uh, the two following verses seem to point to political breaches between north and south. Uh, oh, between north and south. The, uh, the pulpit commentary... Um, 
says that the defeat that's uh, talked about here is not mentioned in the histories, but harmonizes with the account given in First King, uh, First Kings of the harsh treatment of Edom by Joash. Um, so, uh, so in First Kings, uh, of course, uh, Joab uh, beats, uh, you know, round, soundly, roundly hurts the Edomite, and uh, um, and they're saying that this harmonizes. But uh, so we've got a little bit of a disagreement between the uh, between the the commentators. Uh, but that's okay. That's why we study them all, um, so that we can figure things out. And uh, it does uh, it does sound like the overwhelming uh, um, uh, opinion seems to be that it was about the uh, the Arameans and the uh, um, and the Edomites. Um, okay, verse two. How did I only go to verse four? Wow. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, verse two. Uh, according to Ellicott, uh, verse two. Uh, let's see. Okay. First, you have made the land quake. You have split it open. Heal its rifts, for it shakes and totters. Um, that it should be earth. Ellicott says that it should be earth rather than land, and that this makes it political. Um, of course, we know that uh, that after Solomon, the uh, um, the nation of Israel splits into two. And we have Israel to the north and the ten tribes to the north, and then Judah and Benjamin uh, to the south. Um, and uh, um, Judah and Benjamin, yeah. And uh, um, and of course, uh, and of course, the Levites throughout. Um, and uh, and so this is uh, this is already talking about a split between the two uh, parts of the country. And there will be no uh, no healing of it, um, at least not strictly speaking, until uh, until we get to the 20th century, um, and uh, um, 1945, I think. Uh, let's see, verse four, of course, has another selah. Uh, you have set up a banner for those who fear you with awe-inspired reverence and submissive wonder, a banner to shield them from attack, a banner that may be displayed because of the truth. Um, and so we need to uh, contemplate on that. And uh, um, gosh, I don't know what it might mean. I uh, yeah, I didn't realize I'd stopped uh, so short in the uh, in my study of uh, of Psalm sixty. What am I going to do? Uh, let's see. Well, let's head over here. And I will see, let's see, um, oh yeah, God's truth serves as a rallying point. Okay, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, at MacArthur right now, um, and uh, he says God and his truth serve as a rallying point for the perplexed people. Um, let's see, um, in verse 6. God has spoken in his holiness, in his promises, I will rejoice, I will divide the land of Shechem and measure out the valley of Succoth, west to east. And uh, he says here, Shechem and Succoth are two territories on opposite sides of the Jordan occupied by Israel. 
Jordan had settled in Succoth, east of the Jordan, when he had returned from his sojourn with Laban. Um, oh, okay, yeah, I remember that. That's in Genesis 33. Um, let's see, and then seven, Gilead is mine, Manasseh is mine, Ephraim is my helmet, Judah is my scepter. Um, Gilead and Ephraim, all of these key geographical locations in Israel ultimately belong to God, who was more interested in their welfare than anyone else. Uh, by helmet, Ephraim was the primary source of defense to the north of Israel. Um, and scepter, uh, Judah was the tribe which was to govern, govern Israel, from which David and his descendants came. Um, which, okay, is true. Uh, let's see. Moab is my washbowl, according to, uh, um, oh, okay. <laughs> this is a big deal one. According to the Amplified, uh, the word for washbowl is the household pot used for washing the feet, which was considered the lowest of the low uh, as far as jobs go. So this was definitely not a, uh, a washbowl used for for things that were considered good and uh, and uh, all that. Um, this would be uh, something that a, a slave, uh, the, the lowest of the slaves, would use to wash uh, people's feet when they came into the house. Um, let's see. Moab is my washbowl. Over Edom I shall throw my shoe in triumph. Over Philistia I raise the shout of victory. Uh, let's see, Moab, e okay, back to, back to MacArthur, uh, Moab, Edom, Philistia, the three principal enemies surrounding Israel to the northeast, southeast, and west, uh, respectively. Uh, Moab is my wash basin. The psalmist pictures Moab as a humble, menial servant to God, either being or bringing a wash basin for his use. And he doesn't even mention about, uh, about, uh, about it being for foot washing. Um, on Edom and Sandal, the picture is that of a man entering his house and throwing his shoes to his servant. Edom, like Moab, was a servant under God's sovereign control. And then over Philistia, I shout. This difficult translation has two possibilities. Philistia shouts its submission to God, or two, God shouts over Philistia in victory. Either one exalts God as the victor slash ruler. And then he doesn't say anything else until 12. Uh, let's see. This nation relearned the truth that only God gives victory. So, uh, so that's, an easy, uh, that's an easy one. Through God, we will have victory, for he will trample down our enemies. That's a pretty good one. Uh, that's the other notes. Psalm 61. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Psalm 61. Uh, the Amplified titles it Confidence in God's Protection. It's written to the chief musician on stringed instruments, a Psalm of David. The English Standard Version uh, calls it Lead Me to the Rock. It's written to the choir master with stringed inst instruments of David. Uh, Young's literal, of course, doesn't give a title. To the overseer on stringed instruments by David. The NIV also doesn't title the psalm. 
uh, but it's written for the director of music with stringed instruments of David. And the uh, Berean standard uh, says, you have heard my vows. Very different. Uh, for the choir master with stringed instruments of David. Uh, MacArthur's overview uh, says, may have been written when Absalom, uh, David's son, drove David out of Jerusalem in 2 Samuel 15 to 18. Pardon. Uh, Let's see. Um, Okay, 61. Hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. Uh, Cry is translated from, uh, oh, this is uh, the pulpit commentary. Uh, It's translated from Rina, a strong term meaning a shrill or piercing cry may be from either joy or grief. Um, so uh, uh, an all uh, an all purpose word of sorts, uh, but uh, um, but interesting. So this isn't just a little uh, a little sobbing. This is a, a big deal kind of cry. Um, let's see, verse two: From the end of the earth, I call to you. Um, of course, David was uh, across the Jordan, so uh, in his mind, that may have been the ends of the earth to him. Um, <clears throat> Let's see, uh, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, a rock that is too high to reach without your help. Uh, this is supported by, uh, by Ellicott, uh, the, the added bit uh, of, the, uh, of the amplified, a rock that is too high to reach without your help. Um, it might be better, tra- lead me to the rock, might be tra- better translated as lead me to the rock too high for me to climb by myself and place me there. Um, The pulpit commentary says some believe the rock is God as opposed to Mount Zion, um, which definitely would be a rock too high to reach without God's help. Um, You know, we can't get to God without God. That's just uh, just true. Uh, Let's see. Um, Verse 3. Let's see. For you have been a shelter and a refuge for me, a strong tower against the enemy. A strong tower uh, may refer to a migdal, a fortress like the great fortress of the south mentioned in Exodus 14.2. Let's see, and Proverbs 18.10 says, uh, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runs to it and is safe and set on high, far above evil. I thought that was uh, worth uh, mentioning. Um, Let's see, verse 4. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge in the shelter of your wings, Selah. Uh, before we go contemplating it, uh, um, we should look at what it might mean. And the pulpit commentary gives some light on it. Um, since David's in, the ex- in exile at the end of the earth, the literal tabernacle cannot be intended. So he's not talking about God's tent, uh, the, the tent of worship, that is. Um, and uh, it may be a spiritual abiding in the heavenly dwelling. And that's what must be meant um, there. So, uh, um, so let me dwell in your heavenly place forever might be uh, a more appropriate uh, way to say it. Um, let's see. And so now we can contemplate. Uh, verse 6. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, okay. You will prolong the king's life, adding days upon days. His years will be like many generations. He, uh, seven is he will sit enthroned forever before the face of God, appoint loving kindness and truth to watch over and preserve him. Um, 
And uh, MacArthur says of this, uh, David sometimes does not distinguish himself from the Messianic dynasty. David might not be talking about himself here. Um, he might be talking about uh, the Messiah, who we know as Jesus. Um, and, uh, um, you know, because he will sit enthroned forever before the face of God. And, uh, um, and it certainly would be to, uh, to appoint uh, loving kindness and truth to watch over and preserve him. Um, oh, that's that. So I will sing your praise. I will sing praise to your name forever, paying my vows day by day. Is how that one ends. Okay, Psalm sixty-two. Let me check and see our time. Oh, we're only halfway done. Good. That's appropriate. So how's it going so far, Rudy? I love it. You know what? Uh, I'm listening. It sounds good. <laughs> well, thank you. Not me, you know. Okay, Psalm 62, uh, title, the Amplified calls it God alone, a refuge from treachery and oppression. To the chief musician, to Jeduthun, Ethan, the noted musician, founder of an official music family, a Psalm of David. Uh, the English Standard calls it my soul waits for God alone. It's written to the choir master according to Jeduthun, a Psalm of David. Uh, Young's Literal says to the overseers, to the overseer for Jeduthun, a Psalm of David. Uh, the Berean Standard says, calls it Waiting on God, written for the choir master according to Jeduthun, a Psalm of David. And the NIV uh, simply says for the director of music for Jeduthun, a Psalm of David. Um, let's see, and then in the overview, um, uh, MacArthur says, it's not known whose treason David is facing. It might be Absalom, but it is someone treasonous. That's about all we really know. Um, but, uh, um, but considering the next two, uh, next two, the next one, considering the next one, I think we might, or the last one in this bunch, we might be looking at uh, um, at Absalom. Um, let's see. Okay, verse 1. Uh, For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. Um, the word, uh, this is from the pulpit uh, commentary. Uh, the word at in Hebrew translates as either alone or only and is used in verses 1, 2, 4, 5, 6, and 9 in, uh, in the 62nd Psalm. And it always intensifies the word or phrase to which it is attached. So for God alone, there's emphasis there. Um, and, uh, and we need to pay attention to that. Um, let's see. And so, uh, so he alone is my rock and my salvation, verse 2, my defense and my strong tower. I will not be shaken or disheartened. Um, some translations, uh, like, uh, let's see. Oops. Hold on. I didn't turn the page on the uh, The English Standard Version, uh, verse 2 says, 
He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. We can see that difference in some translations. Um, and uh, I do prefer it to be greatly or, or much shaken um, in this verse because of, the, uh, because of verse 6. And uh, we'll see that uh, when, it get, when we get there. But it's basically because the word disappears between 2 and 6, we can see David's increasing confidence. But we'll get into that more when we get there. Okay, verse 3 is, How long will you attack a man so that you may murder him, all of you, like a leaning wall, like a tottering fence? Um, let's see. Let me find one with the imagine this. Okay, this is 62. Okay, the King James Version, which is what Illicott was using. How long will ye imagine mischief against a man? Um, and the imagine mischief is the rabbinical reading of a word that occurs only here. Um, you know, so, uh, so, yeah, so there's, there's something there that, uh, that really only a few versions like the King James actually get. Um, let's see. The Christian standard, how long will you threaten a man? Um, let's see. Um, yeah, imagine mischief. This really seems to be only in the King James. I don't see it uh, anywhere else. Oh, Young's Literal. Till when do ye devise mischief against a man? And so it's kind of missing in the other uh, in the other translations, but uh, um, that occurs here only here. And based on the Babylonian reading, we get uh, for this verse we get how long will ye assault a man? How long will ye try to break him down, as if he were a bowing wall, a tottering fence? And he goes on to say the metaphor of the falling wall is common in Eastern proverbs. The wall is bow. The wall is bowing. Is said of a man at the point of death. So, uh, um, so yeah. So you can see where the uh, um, where the metaphor goes. I mean, basically, David's talking about uh, being at the point of death here. Um, let's see the pulpit commentary. Uh, you shall be slain, all of you, rather that you may crush him, all of you together. Oh, um, right, and the Amplified does do, does uh, come about with that. Let's see. Um, well, let's see, so that you may murder him, all of you. You know what I like? Uh, king David was already going to be king through God's eyes when he mm -hmm. was a little boy. Yes. Because I know it's, we're going pretty far up because you're pausing yeah. right now and I'm just trying to <laughs> kill some air time. 
<laughs> so he was already made a king, and he wasn't scared of a giant. That's what's beautiful about the guy. Yep. If you're going to tear both of my arms off, I want it from a giant. Yeah. But he had confidence to God. He had, he, he had uh, what do you call that when, uh, faith that he was from, he yep. was doing God's work. He did indeed. Back to you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so you are destroyed, all of you, as a wall and climb. Move one, two, two. Okay, here we go. Back to the King James again. This is what a lot of the uh, commentators used. Uh, you shall be slain, all of you, as a, uh, you shall be slain, all of you. Um, that it's actually better that, uh, um, all of you together, uh, it is David who is viewed by his enemies as the bulged wall or a tottering fence, which it requires only a strong push to throw down. So, uh, um, so they're thinking that, uh, um, that, David is the that the pulpit commentary is saying that David's enemies see him as the bulging wall or tottering fence, something that's easily broken down. Um, now MacArthur in his study Bible disagrees that it applies to David. Instead, he says it applies to the attacker, not the victim, which uh, um, yeah. So, uh, um, so again, we have a, a slight, uh, a slight disagreement there between uh, interpretations of the uh, of the the psalm. Um, it happens, and uh, we continue to study. We study language and words and culture and all of uh, all of that and more um, to help us determine what exactly it means, what the Bible means. And uh, um, so we keep studying and keep studying and keep reading, and uh, and eventually, uh, eventually we'll be in heaven and God will tell us what it means. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, but anyway, verse four, uh, they consult only to throw him down from his high position, high position, to dishonor him. They delight in lies. They bless with the words of their mouths, but inwardly they curse. They lie. So again, something to contemplate. Well, here's something to contemplate. Uh, again, from the pulpit commentary. They bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly. Literally translates, they bless with his mouth. Which may be explained as meaning either they bless each of them with his mouth, or they bless through the mouth of their leader. In other words, Ahithophel. Uh, Ahithophel was the advisor to David who uh, betrayed him. For his son Absalom, um, and so uh, uh, so yeah, so that's what we're that's part of what we're contemplating um, is what exactly it means, um, and uh, who uh, who they're blessing with and who they're cursing with, um, and uh, yeah, um, yeah, there were a lot of problems with the uh, with the traitorous uh, people um, with Antophel and Absalom. And uh, and those who followed uh, followed them. Um, let's see, verses five and six. Uh, oh, uh, pulpit again. Uh, notes the similarity between uh, verses one and two and five and six. Uh, For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From Him comes my salvation. 
Uh, he alone is my rock and my salvation, my defense and my strong tower. I will not be shaken or disheartened. Um, of course, like I said, uh, some translations say I will not be shaken greatly or much. Um, and then uh, 5 and 6, For God alone my soul waits in silence and quietly submits to him, for my hope is from him. And then verse 6, he, is o he only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress and my defense. I will not be shaken or discouraged. Um, if you have greatly or, or much in verse 2, then, uh, then missing it in verse 6, like I said earlier, is uh, just showing how David has increased in his confidence in the Lord. Um, let's see, verse 6. Well, that's just Um and then there's a say law in verse 8, uh, trust confidently in him at all times, O people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Definitely something to be thought about. Um, you know, God should be our refuge in times of trouble, and, uh, um, and we should remember to praise him in times of plenty. Um, you know, uh, good or bad, uh, we should be going to God. Right, Rudy? Yes, sir. You know what I like when you said? Huh. You need God's help to get to God. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we know uh, from other parts of the Bible that uh, that God uh, reaches out to us. To uh, He calls us to him and uh, um, to uh, to bring us to him because we can't find him on our own. We're just, we're not good enough. Yes, sir. And, uh, and so we kind of get lost on the way. Okay. Uh, verse 9, uh, men of low degree are only a breath, emptiness, and men of high rank are a lie, delusion. Um, in the balance, in the balances they go up because they have no measurable weight or value. They are together lighter than a breath. Um, and, uh, let's see, I found Luke, uh, 12, 15. Wait, is this right? No, this is not the right. Did I turn too many pages? Wait a second. Oh, it's not 62, but that's not. Oh, I wrote it for verse 9 instead of verse 10. Huh. Okay, that should be verse 10. Sorry. Uh, do not, well, that's kind of important because uh, many people then as now uh, believe that uh, that people of high degree of high rank or low rank were different that uh, that well the wealthy were different from the uh, from the poor and uh, um, and that uh, that some might be worth more than others and this is really telling us that that's not true they're all just emptiness and uh, um, and so uh, and so we don't need to, uh, you know, think of them as any differently. Um, anyway, verse 10, I found, uh, do not trust in oppression and do not vainly hope in robbery. If riches increase, do not set your heart on them. Um, do not trust in oppression. Um, you okay, Scooby? <laughs> okay. Sorry, the dog was coughing. Um, Okay, uh, let's see. Um, 
Do not trust. There was, as there always is, there was a group of people who, in David's time, who uh, who oppressed those they could oppress, and uh, um, and that's you know that's sad. Um, David during his time did his best to keep them in check, um, and uh, and even now uh, in this is writing uh, about that. Um, do not trust in oppression. Um, and uh, by robbery, he's not necessarily meaning literal robbery, as in uh, you know, stick them up, give me your uh, give me your money, uh, kind of stuff. But uh, um, but unjust income um, of whatever kind. And uh, um, but uh, with the if if uh, riches increase, do not set your heart on them. Um, saw Luke uh, Luke twelve fifteen. Then he said to them, "Watch out and guard." He is in Jesus said to them, the disciples, uh, "Watch out and guard yourselves against every form of greed, for not even when one has an overflowing abundance does his life consist of." nor is it derived from his possessions. And then in support of that, uh, uh, 1 Timothy 6.6, but godliness actually is a source of great gain when accompanied by contentment, that contentment which comes from a sense of inner confidence based on the sufficiency of God. Um, yeah, um, so, uh, you know, it's not to say that we shouldn't want more than what we have. Um, wanting more is not a, a bad thing in and of itself. It's about greed. It's about uh, having your heart, you know, where your heart is, your treasure lies also. Um, you know, don't, uh, don't, don't put your, don't, don't put your treasures on earth where moth and, uh, and worm destroy um let's see okay and then on to verse 12 also to you O lord belong loving kindness and compassion for you compensate every man according to the value of his work um the brian standard makes the note that uh, paul cites this verse in romans 2 6 um and the uh the pulpit committee has to say about this pulpit commentary Sorry, a pulpit committee is the group of people at a church that decide who is going to be the new pastor of the church. And I've encountered uh, more than one of those, not trying to become a pastor yet, but uh, um, but uh, just uh, in various ways. Um, and for some reason, it just popped in my head. Uh, but the pulpit commentary says, when God rewards well-doing, it is still of his mercy since no man can claim he deserves reward. So there we go with, with uh, the 62nd Psalm. Uh, let's, let me check the time here real quick. Oh, perfect. I've got just enough. Well, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and stop now because I don't want to rush. And I thought I had been rushing. Can I say something, sir? Sure, sir. You can say something, sir. You know what? I, I like that you said that. Because sometimes I ask God, God, can I have a million bucks? And it would be not to do bad. I would have money in my pocket to give to homos. Mm -hmm. I'm not, sorry, homeless. Give to people. <laughs> and I 
and I, I honest, I feel, I don't know if you know, do you feel that I, I'm not, I'm not really after money in life? No. I really don't care about money. What it is, is I got to pay bills. Yep. So that's why it, it is. I don't care about money because uh, some people want more money. Yeah. I know people, I knew somebody that was pretty good rich and uh, wanted more money. So he made a deal, makes deals, and the other par- his partner ended up stealing from him. Mm-hmm. So what happens is you you don't, he looked at making more money. Mm-hmm. If if uh like Elon Musk, that guy's a billionaire. Why right. do you need that money? Me myself, if I had a million bucks, buy a house, things that I can live the rest of my life. Having twenty million dollars, I would probably pass off to my family and make a get a food truck like my wife, rest in peace, Leah wanted a sell food. Remember what was it? Uh-huh. Sell food sell and, food have, and have, a, have a food truck and uh so that uh, she could feed uh feed homeless people and people in need and see i wish i can have that i wish god would give me money to do that dream for my wife mm-hmm. because uh leah rest in peace rosalie and maria chicarello Coru. and what it is is that's how what i would want to do i would want to feed people i want to make a difference and the thing is i would want uh, to live somewhere mm-hmm. because uh sometimes of your you I, i've been homeless when i was younger and it's sad it's a sad thing and uh sometimes people look at homeless people at and say that's what they want that's what they're doing they're lazy but you know what i had an uncle mikey rest in peace he's in heaven now uh-huh. and what happened was he had mental problems mm. so he lived at the park and what it was was a lot of the friends because we all grew up together a lot of the old time dudes that knew my uncle would say hey mikey come and live with me and he said nah and they would give him food give him money but he would get beer too and then towards his last years or year i think he went to a, a home and they figured out he had a, a mental problem. Mm-hmm. So they started giving him medicine. And what I'm happy is that God let him die with uh, his thoughts, his uh, mm-hmm. back to a, a normal person. Mm-hmm. And what it was was he had a problem that that uh, people have, and we got to look at that. We can't just um, uh, look at homeless people. There's some people that are stealing from people, and that's a shame. Yeah. God got God sees that. That's what they got to see. Yeah. They got to understand that God sees that they're stealing. So about money and stuff, it's it's nice to dream about having stuff that, you know, not to have problems. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mind one day that, because we want to buy a motor home and yeah. uh, just live there and hopefully not pay a lot and, because rent is crazy. Right. And uh, what it is is um, it's nice to ask things, but make sure if you're going to ask God, you're not doing it so you can, uh, God, give me a million bucks. I can go to Vegas and double it. What? <laughs> and God knows your heart. Because I, I tell God, you know what, God? Uh, see, when I first was younger, I said, give me a million bucks, God. But then I knew I was going to go to some wrong places. Uh-huh. So God knew my heart there. And now my heart that I'm an older person that I have, uh, I think, more wisdom. I, I wouldn't go to those places. I would look forward to helping the homeless. And I'm always crazy billionaire rich. I would buy me a big old warehouse because when I was where me and my uh, Leah were homeless, we used to have to sleep in a backyard with a tent. Mm-hmm. We went to this one place that if you did a day's work there, and well, they were passing out food to the homeless, but you could do a day's work and they would give you food and stuff, and and, and that was nice. You can either help or you can just. But uh, me and Leah helped for a while, and uh, and we got stuff, and. Uh, the thing that was nice about that, at least we were happy to, you know, doing some work and we were getting food. 
and what it was was uh, those were hard times and what it was was uh it's just something that happened that we were homeless and i felt terrible because i felt so terrible because it was me and mia and she was she was homeless and i felt so terrible and a lot of that was because i was on drugs and i couldn't pass a drug test mm-hmm. so i couldn't get a job even when me and Leah got together i was doing drugs and i couldn't pass a drug test so a lot of a lot of these things that happened between me and Leah about money and stuff was a lot of it was my fault mm-hmm. because uh, I was too busy getting high and not worried about the future. Mm-hmm. So what it is is, uh, but in the end, when I was doing drugs, I wasn't selling drugs because I didn't want to give my my sickness to anybody else, and I honestly felt that mm-hmm. I didn't want to give my 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 misery to somebody else and sell just if I can get high. Right. I ended up getting money. Leah yeah, used to give me money, and I used to get high. But the thing is, we got to look at ask, but be sincere about doing good. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Do your best. And you know what, Jesus? Please give me a million bucks. <laughs> I'll do good with it. First, I'll buy a house, and then I'll have money in my pocket to give people money that are hungry. I love you okay. guys. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. So you guys are witnesses. I want to be good. But uh, I wasn't. I hope I'm not throwing us off the track. But I no, think no. what you said about the, we're about ready to be done though about but, the gift. Uh-huh. I I think that was for me mm-hmm. because uh, I do ask God, hey God, you know what? It's chump change. A million bucks is chump change. That is the truth. You can you can probably God. Find, you can find that in God's in God's couch. <laughs> you know, you reach around there a couple of quarters here and there. That's just in his couch. So, uh, but you know what? Um, yep. Even even when they talk about having golden streets and diamonds and jewels, mm-hmm. I honestly, I mean, I bet just a beautiful thing, but uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not, it, it's not a big deal to me about gold streets because you know what? It, you have everything you want already. God, God gives us a house. He got a mansion with his house, yep. with a room. And if it wasn't so, God wouldn't have said so. Jesus. Right. So uh, remember, people, I love you. And uh, please share my dream. I hope we all get a million bucks. Okay. Where's that stimulus? I'm going to let you go. Where's the stimulus? <laughs> all right. Well, with that, uh, I ask if uh, if you have come this far with us, uh, gentle inquisitors, if you will come a little bit further and join us in this family we call Christianity. We do this not with sacrifice, because that's already been take, taken care of, and we don't... Uh, do magic spells or mystical ceremonies either because uh, that's just not how we roll. But uh, instead, what we do is we uh, we say a few simple words to uh, to align our hearts with that of the Lord. And the Bible tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so uh, whether you've been a believer for a second or a century, we know that, uh, well, you're in need of an alignment just like I am. And me too. And you too. Rudy too. Um, no, Rudy three, <laughs> yeah, I am. and Bill three too. Oops, oops. But uh, um, and uh, and so uh, we invite you to join us as we say the uh, sinner's prayer together, as we do uh, after every uh, show. And uh, let's do this now. Dear Lord, dear Lord, I am a sinner. I am a sinner. Cleanse me of my wickedness. Teach me how to love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And show me how to love my neighbor as myself. Uh, Help me to do the work you would have me do for the building of your kingdom. 
and guide my steps on the path you would have me take. Uh, come into my heart and be the Lord and Savior of my life. And all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you all. Love you all. That's right. And uh, with that, uh, we invite you to uh, find yourself a Bible-believing church and uh, and uh, some Bible-believing Christians and some Bible-preaching preachers and go out there and uh, and fellowship and uh, find out what your next steps are going to be because, uh, well, pretty much all churches have something for you to do that would uh, that would be in line uh, with uh, with what Jesus wants. And so a lot of prayer and a lot of uh, Bible reading is definitely good for you right now. And uh, also uh, listening to the show. Uh, this week uh, we have a couple shows. Uh, Thursday night uh, I'll be doing uh, Not Quite After Midnight. Um, I'll have Joseph Leonard and uh, INF Grizzy, a, uh, a hip-hop artist I am unfamiliar with. Um, but uh, um, it'll be uh, Joseph Leonard's second uh, shot at the show. So uh, it'll be interesting because they seem, on the surface at least, to be very different people. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they, uh, how they chat with each other and with me. Um, and then uh, on Saturday, we'll be YWL Online's Anything Can Happen Saturday, where we'll be talking about, let's see here, it's Corinthians. We're still in Corinthians. Uh, let's see. Oh, it's fuzzy again. Why did it do that? Darn it. Oh, I can't tell. First Corinthians something. Uh, yeah, the screen's gone fuzzy and I don't know why. So, uh, join us anyway. <laughs> Read all of Corinthians. I think it's 28, but I'm not sure. Um, no, I can't read it at all. Darn it. Gospel? No, I don't know. But, uh, but anyway, and uh, so uh, join us on Saturday for that. And then... Uh, um, and then uh, next Tuesday, a week from tonight, uh, will be another episode of YWL Online, Totally Approachable Bible Study for All, where we'll be continuing our look at the Psalms, starting with Psalm 63, so we'll probably go to 67, right? 63, 4, 5, 6, 7, yeah, that's 5, um, and, uh, and we'll... Uh, Keep on going, and we'll see. Maybe, uh, maybe uh, my dad will be with us. Maybe not. So uh, you'll have to tune in to find out. But uh, please read the Bible and uh, pray for each other. Pray for us. Um, anything else you'd like to say to the fine people? Yes. Everybody, imagine me with a million bucks. Don't pray for it because it's always up to God what He wants to give us. <laughs> now, now, if you want something, you pray for it. There's, hey. there's no imagining. Can you make it two million bucks? I got overhead. Taxes. <laughs> got to pay taxes. Okay, yeah. So I love you all. Remember, <laughs> God gives us things and God blesses us. And even the little things that we don't recognize, we are blessed. And thank you very much. And I love you all. Be safe and pray that Mama and Papa have a great vacation. Yep. And they find a million bucks. And they find a million bucks. <laughs> Somewhere in the, in the wilds of Alaska. Waka, waka, waka with the Lord. Bye. Okay, and uh, that's it for me. Um, oh, what's
let's see. Did I do the closing credits? Hold on a second. YWL end credits. Ooh, we might have uh, we might have end credits tonight. So uh, um, so at any rate, uh, yeah. Um, everybody, be safe out there. Uh, remember to wash your hands and uh, stay tuned for the end credits. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been a presentation of Bald Spots Productions. I'd like to thank my producer, my beloved mother, Eileen Hatch. I, of course, am your humble host. I'd like to thank my co-host, my beloved father, Chaplain Bill Hatch, and my beloved Ed McMahon, Rudy Corlew. Yes! Support the show over on Patreon at Bald Spots Pro, if you're so led. And uh, whether it's, uh, oh, don't miss uh, Not Quite After Midnight. Uh, you can find it on Facebook and all the major podcasting platforms. And uh, whether it's liking, following, sharing, uh, commenting, or uh, subscribing, uh, be sure to do what it takes to uh, stay informed and kick that algorithm into gear so that we can reach more people. And uh, with that, uh, thank you again for, uh, for tuning in, and I'll see you next time. Thank you. God bless you. Bye. Bye-bye.